You know how when you are excited to do something, you get like that, I don't even know the feeling. I always compare it to like when I'm on a roller coaster, if you ride roller coasters and you almost like lose your breath before the first drop. Like that's how I used to feel about design work. Hey guys, what's up? Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I have a great interview for you today with one of my online friends and uh, somebody who I really like to watch on YouTube. Her name is Annalisa Coleman. In addition to having a YouTube channel, she's also a personal brand strategist and an online business coach. And we will talk about all of the different hats that she wears in just a minute. But before we get into the interview, I wanted to read one of my iTunes reviews. So don't forget to review the show on iTunes. If you're listening on the Apple podcast app, you can just scroll down to the bottom and click on write a review. Make sure to rate it and type out your review. And if you'd like me to read it on air, you can send it to me as well to make sure that I see it. You can send it to me on Instagram stories at a journey east underscore. But um, I thought I'd read this one. This one is actually from last season. I've been doing a terrible job of keeping up on reading these. So this one is by another person who I really, really enjoy following on social media. Her name is Shamir. And she is the founder of the Skybox Suite. It's uh, the Skybox Suite, as in S-U-I-T-E dot com. It's um, all about sports, music, culture, style, all that kind of stuff. So if you are into that, make sure to check out her website. But this is her review. I've been following LJ via the internet for many years. I've witnessed the journey of a girl finding her way in college bloom into a successful business maven. Throughout every stage, she has been the quintessential boss model by working hard at everything and still having enough motivation left over to help others. Although my reasons are somewhat sentimental, LJ has inspired me on so many different levels. Not only has her work with Freelance Friday helped me tap into my own passions enough to create a business, it was also informative enough to be a guidebook for me as well. In the age where young professionals are forced to create their own opportunities but don't know how, this podcast, along with all the resources available, is a great place to start. That is one of the nicest reviews I think I've ever received or just nicest things anyone said about me in general. So thank you so much, Shamir. Like I said, she is doing awesome things over at the Skybox Suite, and I know she has some other things up her sleeve too. So make sure to go give the Skybox Suite a follow at theskyboxsuite.com, and uh, they have a Twitter account and all of that stuff as well. So with that said, let's get into the show and the interview with Annalisa. Welcome to the Freelance Friday podcast. My name is Latasha James and I'm your host. This podcast is a deep dive into the challenging, exciting, and oh so rewarding world of freelancing. From tips and advice to interviews with the people who are doing it right, this show is for anyone looking to get their hands a little bit dirty and make monetizing their passion a reality. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. I am super excited about today's guest. Her name is Annalisa, and she is a personal brand strategist who's passionate about helping coaches, consultants, and digital service providers. Her clients have seen some awesome results, including consistent four-figure months and lucrative speaking gigs, among many other things. And as if that's not enough, Annalisa also hosts a YouTube channel, and she's currently writing a book. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. So I virtually met you maybe like a year or so ago, I want to say, on YouTube. 
Um, So I feel like I kind of know quite a bit about you and your business, but do you want to just kind of walk everyone through really what you do and how you got started with it all? Sure. So right now I am transitioning from being a graphic designer to a personal brand strategist and online business mentor for online entrepreneurs and service providers. Um, I did get my start, my freelance start, if if you should say, I'm going to say in elementary school. <laughs> I actually started off um, designing fan sites and page layouts, and um, I just had my friends paying me for it. So that's how I um, initially got my start as a graphic designer. And of course, went to school and got more formal training throughout high school and college. And um, once I graduated college, I did go into the corporate world. And then I quit the corporate world to start my first official online business, which was a online clothing boutique called Taylor Chic. So I've kind of been through the trenches. I I used to be a self-proclaimed um, Jack or Jane of all trades, but I've come to find that that can be strenuous. So um, at the point that I'm at now, it's really just about me sharing my experience and my insights with other entrepreneurs and helping them create something really special that, you know, wows their customers and, and blows their socks off. <laughs> I love that. And when you say that you started doing page layouts, do you mean like MySpace page layouts? Yes, I mean like <laughs> MySpace page layouts. And it's kind of cringy to say, but I was on Black Planet too as a okay. like middle schooler. And when I think about it now, I didn't think of it this way then. But when I think of it now, I'm like, oh my goodness, that was like a dating site. But <laughs> at the time, people wanted their pages to be designed. Um, and you had to know a little bit of, um, HTML and a little bit of coding and stuff, you know, to get it how you wanted it to look. So that's how I learned. And, you know, people were coming to me, you know, to design their layouts. That's so funny. The old school social networks, there's this meme. I, I, I'll have to send it to you later. It's like, um, memes are never like as funny when you say them out loud, but it's like, um, our parents were so mad at us for being addicted to MySpace, not knowing that we were flirting with like a six figure skill. Basically, <laughs> Like that's how everybody learned HTML. That's exactly. our generation. Exactly. Cool. So I know that you talked about um, a little bit of an evolution of your business. You know, you started with doing like the really entrepreneurial early design work and then you did a clothing boutique. And then even now you're kind of pivoting your business. So can you talk us through that a little bit, like how your evolutions in business have went and what has really made you, especially for this most recent one, um, what's made you decide on what which services that you're offering? Sure. So um, initially it was just, it was my hobby. It was my passion, right? So I didn't really look at it as a business. I mean, I think that's kind of like the best way to get your feet wet is when you're doing something that you just truly, truly love and you can do all day. So when I was creating websites and um, graphic designs early on, it literally was just for fun. (laughs) When I eventually grew up, (laughs) an adult life hit and I lost my first job, or my corporate job, I decided to go into entrepreneurship, but it was kind of 
from a lack of money. <laughs> I know everybody has these like grand like visions for their life and reasons for starting their business. But if I'm being honest, it was really because I needed to make a living for myself. So among, you know, being a graphic designer, I learned early on from my mom how to sew and create garments. So I knew that that was definitely a skill that I could use to start my own business. So I, and it was fun too, (laughs) but um, I think that when you start a business for reasons that aren't really driving you towards something beyond money, um, it's going to push you to transition or evolve into something else. And that's basically what happened with Taylor Chic, which was the online boutique, because the initial and pretty much sole driving force was only to, you know, keep myself afloat. I didn't have the passion and the patience to stick that business out and see it through um, because it no longer fit where I was in my life and, you know, what lifestyle that I foresaw for myself. So um, for me personally, a lot of my evolution um, just comes from me being intuitive and having to change my lifestyle based off of, you know, what I'm experiencing and what I see for myself in the future, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you said that because I feel like we see so much online right now of like, you know, just quit your job and just do what you love and right. follow your heart. And it's like, that, that's good. Like, I do want people to, you know, obviously be inspired to start businesses and do what they love. But like, it's a real world out there. Like, yes. sometimes you just need to, like you said, keep yourself afloat and you're exactly. doing it out of, you know, a need. So I love that you say that there's nothing shameful or I, I sometimes get the the vibe that, you know, the online business community, it almost makes you feel a little guilty for like having a job or like just needing to work to to make money. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yes. And it's interesting that you said what you said, because if I was in the mindset that I was just gonna do what I love and and follow my dreams, not a lot of people notice about me, but um, my dream for myself was to be a choreographer. I love to dance. That's something that I still do, but, you know, because life happens, it's not really on the table for me, but um, I'm not really sure how I would have made money as a dancer. I probably would have been struggling. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I never knew that about you. That's so cool. So can you talk us through a little bit about, I know you, you mentioned it a bit in the intro, but you know, where you're at now and like what services you're offering now and what would it look like if I wanted to work with you today? So right now I'm offering personal brand coaching for service-based entrepreneurs who are basically ready to add social marketing to their client getting strategy. So um, what that would look like is, of course, um, applying and meeting with me. I've actually been just having conversations. Um, As weird as it sounds, a lot of my clients now come from me just having email conversations (laughs) through... um, just my inbox or through YouTube answering questions. And then just through answering questions that tends to evolve into a support type of thing. So that's basically um, why I decided to move from the graphic design over to um, focusing on personal brand coaching is because the external thing, the visuals is what we think we need. But when you start to ask questions and really probe and dig deeper, you realize that, you know, 
you need help with your messaging or your personal style. And all of that has come out and made me realize that this is something that I really could be helping with instead of just making things look pretty. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good point. And like, that's something that I see a lot as well in social media. It like starts as like, oh, I need a social media manager. But then sometimes I think a lot of people, and I'm sure it's the same for like design and graphics and all of that. Sometimes they think they need one thing, but they're actually like looking for something else. Um, And you start to sort of peel back like the the layers and uncover all these different needs. Um, Yeah. And and like, that's the most effective way to do things too, because yeah, I could just like put a bandaid on things and put post social media or, you know, create, like you said, create some cool graphics for you. But like, I feel like it's our job to really actually help their businesses. And if you have kind of like this crucial, you know, issue that needs to be fixed or something that's missing, you got to fix that first. Right. Right. I know that in your video, and I'm going to link your video um, in the uh, show notes of this as well, where you kind of talked about next steps for you and your transition sort of out of the design world, Um, because I thought it was really, really interesting and like helpful for me as well for somebody who's kind of been doing the same thing for many years. Can you talk about that a little bit too? Uh, I know you talked a little bit about just being a little bit burnt out on what you were doing and how you came to that realization and maybe some tips for other people who are struggling with that as well. So you know how when you are excited to do something, you get like that, I don't even know the feeling. I always compare it to like when I'm on a roller coaster, if you ride roller coasters and you almost like lose your breath before the first drop. Like that's how I used to feel about design work. And it kind of got to the point for me that the feeling wasn't there. And I know that might sound petty, but I like to feel good about what I'm doing and feel like I'm really making a change. And I wasn't doing that. (laughs) Um, Another thing for me is because I kind of built myself up a little bit of a reputation locally. A lot of my local clients Um, seek me out for design work that I'm just not passionate about. (laughs) I've been known as the go-to gal for WordPress sites, which give me a headache now. And I do a lot of um, promotional graphics too for local businesses that have events. And I just didn't see it in the grander scheme of things for me. Um, I guess I just outgrew it, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, you brought up something too, actually. Um, so I know you said you have a lot of local clients. Would you say that the majority of your clients are local? I would say so. Um, the majority of my clients are local and honestly, the majority of my, um, work as a graphic designer, um, comes in through referrals. I would go out on a limb and say probably 80% of my clientele comes to me from referrals from local clients. That's awesome. That's a good place to be at for sure. I mean, it can be a full-time job in its own, just like hunting yes. for clients, you know? Yes. So like I said, I sort of found you on YouTube. Um, and I know one of the questions I get as a, a creator as well is, you know, is it too late to start YouTube? Is it too late to start Instagram? Is it? Right. Um, so, you know, I, I totally get why people ask that because these platforms are totally saturated to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious, you know, how do you make yourself stand out in this kind of noisy social world? Because you did really stand out to me. And I, th- and I think it's still possible. So I'd love to hear your tips on that. 
Well, thank you. And I'll also add that I also don't think it's ever too late to start anything. <laughs> um, I started YouTube just a year ago and really not even on purpose. <laughs> um, one of the things that I would say helped me to stand out is to focus on relationship building. Of course, a part of my client attraction strategy, but just my people strategy. Um, I'm an introvert. (laughs) So a lot of times I'll try to push myself to talk to people and not from the aim to necessarily sell them on a program or on a service, but really just to, you know, see how they are and what, you know, what their life is like and how I can help or support them in that. So I think that's one of the things that helped me stand out, especially on YouTube, because having a smaller channel or a small channel that picked up a little bit of steam um, allowed me to be really connected with my subscribers. So even to this day, if somebody comments on my videos, I I try to respond to every single comment and just let them know that I'm I'm actually here. I'm a real person. (laughs) And if you ask me a question, I'll be here to support you in the best way that I can and actually respond. So I think that plays a huge part, especially in today's social media landscape, is to just be yourself and, you know, talk to people. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's social media. Like, I think a lot of people forget that. Like, social it implies that there's a conversation or a discussion right. happening, you know? And I think so often, and, and I'm guilty of this, too. We're all busy, but, you know, you can just, like, post and then drop your phone and walk away and do something yeah. else and not really engage in the social part of it. That's so important. Mm-hmm. But I also think that you provide so much value too. Like, I think that's huge. And that's something I always recommend to people is like, before you publish something, ask yourself, you know, how is this helping people? Like, is this teaching people something? And I don't know, I I feel like all of your content for the most part, like even the more personal kind of like, I guess you could say like story times, like when you (laughs) you did your video about your first um, venture into business with your boutique and all that. I mean, that was, it was entertaining and it was personal, but it was still like, very helpful and you learn from it. So I think that's a huge piece of it too. Thank you. I didn't think that about myself initially until I started getting feedback, you know, on that same um, level. Like people will comment and say, this video had so much detail. Thank you so much. And, you know, I watched it all the way through and I'm just blown away because I'm just like, it's a tutorial. I didn't think that it would be helpful, but hey. (laughs) Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you're new here, you might not know this yet. I'm actually launching this show with no paid sponsorships. So since I'm not giving my airtime to the man, I'm giving it to me. Make sure to stop by my resources page and claim 20% off my freelance social media manager and money-making micro-influencer courses just for being a listener. These courses are self-paced, yours forever, and handcrafted, especially by moi. Not only do I offer secret insights that I don't even share here on the show, but they also include tons of PDFs and worksheets that will help you get your freelancing wheels a-turning. Use the code FREEFRYPOD, all one word, at ajourneyeast.com slash resources. The link is in the show notes. Okay, back to the show. So is there anything on social media, I mean, I'm sure there's something on social media or in business in general that you're really struggling with right now? Oh, man. So (laughs) (laughs) I think um, 
one of the biggest challenges for me is to um, show up consistently. But it's not a challenge that I haven't analyzed for myself. One of the biggest reasons why I struggle with this is because of the transition, because it can be hard to show up um, confidently when you're really not sure which direction you're going or, you know, the future of your business. So, but I, you know, that happens. (laughs) And, um, It's definitely something that can be worked around just through, you know, managing time and really getting clarity and focus on, you know, my direction. But that's definitely something for me as far as social media is concerned. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, your time management and kind of work-life balance and all that? Because I know, you know, not only do you have this business and this YouTube channel, but, you know, you also have other things going on in your life, I'm sure. So how do you kind of balance everything? Yeah, so my um, time management balance is a bit unique. Um, a part of being an entrepreneur and a freelancer, I am also a full-time business analyst. So I work from home full-time, and that does take the majority of my work time throughout the day. Um, I'm also a mom of one. I have a six-year-old. He's very energetic, keeps me on my toes. But what that typically looks like for me is commingling of all of my calendars and schedules. So I usually could be on anywhere between three to six client calls a day between my full-time job as an analyst and also um, my business talking and working with clients. So it's super important and imperative for me to make sure all of my calendars are in sync. My absolute favorite tool for that is Outlook and my iPhone because I go nowhere without it. <laughs> so it pretty much keeps me on point. And then as far as my work-life balance, honestly, I, I kind of have it easier probably than some because I work from home and my son's school is really close. But I try to schedule life stuff through the work stuff and um, just enjoy the spontaneity when it comes in. So you're basically like superwoman, <laughs> what it sounds like, because you're like, I, I have it easier than some. I'm like, oh my gosh, no, that's <laughs> difficult. I mean, in a good way, like I, because I'm, I'm sure you're probably like me in a way that you don't like to be bored. I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs no, very like, busy. Yeah, we gotta like always have something going on, but still, that's a lot for sure. So you use Outlook for your calendar. Do you are there any apps or anything? Um, like, do you use any task management tools or anything like Asana or Trello or anything like that? I, I used to use Asana. I gave it a try, but um, though I do like to be organized in a task like way. I don't like to be bound to certain apps. So I mainly just use email and I'll use the um, flagging or the task function within email to keep me on track. And then just general note taking. I have so many notebooks around here. (laughs) It's crazy, but um, I try not to rely too much on apps as far as time management um, besides my calendar and then maybe just keeping a list for the day when I'm being really good. All bullet journal. <laughs> um, I haven't really been consistent with it, but it's wonderful for just reflecting on the day and then working through specific task lists without um, re- relying on any tech. 
I love tech, but sometimes I get tired of it. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really smart. And like, again, that can be something that's a full-time job, like managing these different tools and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it can almost make things sometimes take longer yeah. um, and, and be a little bit more complicated than they need to be. So I'm all for simplicity. That's really smart. Can we talk a little bit about resources and like learning? How do you stay up on, you know, your your skill? And are there any courses that you've taken or resources that you use or people that you look to to really kind of stay up on your game, basically? I'm a little bit of a resource fanatic, probably. <laughs> um, one of the one of my most favorite resources as far as learning social media, all things social media and content marketing recently has been um, HubSpot Academy. They have a great learning platform. It's totally free. They have certifications there that are totally free. And it's just been a godsend as far as um, you know, shortening my learning curve when it comes to certain things related to content marketing and um, just digital sales in general. Another thing that I love is Amazon. <laughs> I have an Amazon Kindle Unlimited subscription and Audible subscription, and I have listened slash read to so many books in the past year. It's crazy, but that's another favorite resource. And just Google. <laughs> I will Google just about anything. If I need to learn something, I will like break out the Boolean search that they teach you in in college and I will like Google to my heart's intent. So that's awesome. Yeah. Google and YouTube University. That's like where it's at for me. I'm like, if I don't know how to do something, I'm going to try one of those two places first and see how that goes. That's really funny. So what social media platforms, just out of curiosity, which social media platforms do you feel like have been the most effective in building your business? Oh, for sure. YouTube. Um, Surprisingly, Um, YouTube has um, grown my business in leaps and bounds, especially with me transitioning from graphic design to coaching consulting. It keeps me visible. And it's something that I think, I I guess I kind of knew, but I was scared. I'm not going to lie. I I was scared of video at first. But it is a platform that will literally keep you visible 24 hours a day. So I would say um, that would be my number one platform as far as growing visible online. Yeah, it's just something about actually like seeing a person. I feel like there's just no other connection like that. You know, like seeing a person, hearing them, it it is. It's just very effective. You know, Instagram, I think about it like some of the people I follow, I don't even know what their voices sound like. And mm-hmm. it's you know, you just automatically have a better connection with someone who you kind of feel like you have hung out with. Um and like I know I've met people from YouTube in real life and it doesn't feel weird at all. Like it feels right. like we've been hanging out for years. It's the weirdest thing, but it's I think it is. It's really a powerful tool. So how did you kind of overcome the fear of starting, if you don't mind me asking? Like I, I a little nervous. Well, I think what helped me was of course your channel Aww. and then other creators on YouTube that I admire. When I go to YouTube, like you say, I'm a loyal YouTuber. Like when I watch somebody's channel and subscribe, like I feel like I know you. (laughs) And um, just following other people who are also using video for visibility and giving tips and, you know, ways that you can boost your self-confidence, that definitely helped me. And also just started out with something that I was comfortable with. If you go back 
back back to last year on my channel, all of my videos were tutorials with voiceovers because I was kind of scared of showing my face and what that meant and just the whole, you know, editing and recording. And it was much easier for me to edit video where there, there was just a voiceover. So a lot of times for me, confidence just comes with experience and just starting with what I know first and then just experimenting with the other thing until I kind of got it down pat. Hmm, that's a really good point. Um, just to start with kind of the like on the computer stuff, if you mm-hmm. kind of inch into video, if you will. And I know I'll get questions about this from the listeners. So how do you actually record those videos? What do you use to record like your tech tutorials? So for my tech tutorials, I just use QuickTime on my Mac. I know a lot of people recommend other programs that you may or may not have to subscribe to, but it comes with a computer. (laughs) So I I would just use that. Sometimes if I'm doing a presentation style training video, I'll actually create my slides in Keynote and then record a pre-slideshow within Keynote with the voiceover. And then if you export it from there, you can create a video from it. So I just keep it simple over here and I try to use what I already have. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I'm not even that advanced. I use QuickTime and I'll use like Canva for my slides. I don't even know how to use Keynote. So <laughs> it's funny. So let's talk a little bit about the future. I know you have some exciting things coming up. I saw that you're doing some speaking coming up and then of course your book. I want to hear all about that. So what's next for you? Yes. So the book is still coming. Self-made. Hashtag self-made. Um that's a whole nother thing. So, you know, for me, uh, like I talked in that last video on my channel, it's not a a lot for me to get started on a project, but sometimes when I get started, I kind of slow down and I figure, you know, hey, this is going to go a different way. So I know a lot of people want to self-publish, but they struggle with the tech piece. And um, so I decided that I was going to do it. And I figured I'd have the tech piece down pat, which I did, but I really wanted this to not just be a one-shot thing, to be really valuable and mean something to my audience. So um, that is coming. It it was supposed to come out on my birthday, but it didn't. That's okay. But I'm super excited about it. It's really meant to just be a quick start guide for those who want to start using social media to get visible, but also to make money doing things that they love and that they're naturally good at. So that's what that book will be all about. And I'll be sharing a couple more stories, little insights here and there just about my personal experience and how I got my start and, you know, how I've evolved into something else as an entrepreneur. And I'm, I'm speaking at a, a conference this fall. This will be my, my first speaking engagement. So I'm super excited. I'm actually teaching at this conference. So it should be interesting. That's super exciting. So I'm so excited for your book. I love the name of it, by the way. Thank you. I always, I just have always loved that term, like self-made. And it's perfect for your journey and everything that you represent. I love it. I'm so excited. I, I love the point, too, that you bring up about, like, you know, being okay with being a little delayed because you want it to be right. You know, you don't want to just like throw something out there. And I think that's something that we struggle with. And sometimes I have to fight with myself the opposite way. Like sometimes I feel like I delay myself so much because I'm such a perfectionist. Um, So was that, I mean, is that something that you kind of struggle with or... Oh, for sure. Perfectionism is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But more importantly, though, um, 
I can be honest with myself and know that I was rushing through the project. <laughs> Initially, I was rushing through the project and I wanted to come correct when it came time for me to beta test, which I did. And when I did, I got the most valuable feedback ever in life. <laughs> so it made me realize that, okay, I need to slow down and make sure I'm hitting on these certain points, especially because I know for a fact um, some of the ladies that participated in their beta test are people that um, would potentially, you know, be my ideal clients. And I want to make sure that they feel supported when they read this book. Even if it's just an ebook, I know I feel really great when I pick up a resource. And not that it's going to give me all the answers, but I feel supported and confident enough to take the next step. And that's what I want, you know, self-made to be for my for my readers. Absolutely. So you, did you just get kind of like a group of people together to read like a draft of your book and give you feedback on it? Is that how the beta test sort of went? Yes. So I did kind of like an application process, I guess you can say. I don't know if you want to call it a survey or application, but they applied. And then I went through all of the responses and I selected about six people to get an advanced copy of the um the digital, the book in a digital format to provide feedback on. That's so smart. I, I've never done that before. And I'm actually doing that with my course, one of my courses that I'm relaunching um, coming up here soon. And I mean, like you said, you just get the most valuable feedback because when you're staring at something like every single day for so long, yes. you, you really just like black certain things out and you just, it's hard, it's hard to not have feedback. So that's awesome. Yeah. For anyone, um, creating an information product or a course or a program. I wouldn't say every time you launch something beta test, but if you can, it's definitely helpful. It, it will save you a lot of headache and time. Mm -hmm, for sure. And then last question about the book. Like, how, that just sounds so overwhelming to me. I mean, I've thought about also writing something and I'm like, that's like years down the line for me because I can't even wrap my head around it. So just in a nutshell, like, what was your process like for that? Do you like write first? Do you like, how does that work? Like, what are the steps to actually writing an ebook? Initially, for me, uh, I would say I spent about two weeks um, outlining, doing an extensive outline. The outline changed about 10 times. Um, the outline went from my mental to paper to post it notes to, you know, my living room floor <laughs> um, because I, wanted it to make sense. It made sense to me, but I, I, I like for things to be sequential and make sense. So I, I did spend about two weeks outlining, you know, different areas of the book and, and what the focus was going to be. And then from there, I just started writing what seemed fun for me first. <laughs> I know that there are certain areas that need to be talked about, but I maybe didn't have all the research or whatever, knew what I was going to say. So I just started writing what was fun first. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right or wrong way. I always say there's not really a blueprint to do things. There's just like your way. So that was my way of getting it out. And then from there, once you get, you know, pretty much your skeleton filled up, then it's rewrites and revisions and reviews. Um, and then that's a whole nother process. Through the review process, you can even, I even totally rewrote about two or three of the chapters just in from reviewing and revising. So it's, it is kind of an, a long process, 
But um, I would say, yeah, definitely outline first and just start writing, write what feels good. And then you can fill the rest in (laughs) as you go along. Yeah, it'll be worth it. I'm, I'm really excited. And I know it'll be good. Thank you. Excited for you. Cool. Well, that's really all the questions I have for you. Before we wrap up, do you just want to let everyone know where they can find you and watch your videos and learn more about your book? Yes. So you can find me. My digital home is www.analisa.co. You can also find me over on YouTube. My channel is Annalisa Creative. So you can just type in youtube.com forward slash Annalisa Creative. And then on all of social media at Annalisa Create. Awesome. And of course, everything will be linked in the show notes. Make sure to open those up and follow Annalisa. She's awesome. And uh, I think you'll learn a lot from her videos and everything that she posts. So thank you again for being on. I think this was really valuable for a lot of people. And I'm excited to see where you go next. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to let me know. Rating this podcast is a huge help. And you can also tweet me at a journey east with comments, questions, or suggestions for future episodes. Lastly, make sure to join my private Facebook group, Money Making Micro Influencer, if you're interested in elevating your influence and taking charge of your personal brand. There are so many like-minded, bright individuals in there, and it's a place I love to offer up free advice and a little bit of extra fun into. You can find it by searching Facebook for Money Making Micro Influencer. It'll also be linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.